Hello, and welcome to the Highly Functional Female Podcast. I am your host, Arlene Scholten, chiropractor and mother of three. I am obsessed with all things to keep us physically and mentally strong, biohacking this aging thing and living sustainably. I interview amazing and inspiring women on health tips and biohacks. Ladies, we can do this. Life is a journey and let's enjoy it. Welcome to our podcast for the Highly Functional Females, and today we've got um, our guest is Andrea Morrison, and Andrea Morrison is a transformational coach um, and a TEDx speaker and writer, um, and she has also written for the Yorkshire Post. So welcome to the podcast, Andrea, and thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm really ah. excited to be here. <laughs> So the whole purpose of this podcast is really to inspire um, women um, a little bit as we get a little bit older as well. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I think your story is incredibly ins- inspirational um, and also very, very courageous. Um, so Andrea is was a barrister for 10 years. Um, you're also a mother of three. Um, and I remember the first time I heard you speak and you told your story and I thought, gosh, that's quite ballsy and gutsy. Um, it's obviously too, you know, it's, you must, I mean, to to become a barrister, first of all, as a mother is a lot of work, um, to also hold down that career while raising three young children is even harder. And then to give it all up, um, in, you know, just in the sheer belief that there might be something else better out there. I just found that incredibly courageous. You know, it's a, it's a very um, prestigious job. I would imagine, you know, the, the earning potential as a barrister is very, very high. Um, so for, you know, for a woman to walk away from that, I just think is um, incredibly courageous for you. And I guess that's one of the purposes of the podcast is, you know, is for us to, as we get older too, and just to find out how do we become a better version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got three kids and, you know, I'm in my early 40s. I think I can still call it early 40s. And I think you just, you know, you're constantly looking out there, you know, is that, am I doing the right thing? Is there anything else out there? Um, and it's just how to, sometimes taking that leap of faith a little bit as well. So I want you to teach us a little bit about what you've learned as a coach over the last several years. I know you, um, you also run a program for called the Courageous Female Program, um, and I've heard so many, read so many testimonials and heard so, heard so many good things about you. So yeah, I want to just dive in and I want you to, um, in the next 30, 40 minutes, tell us what we need to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, <laughs> pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure there then. <laughs> wow. Um, well, where do we start? I mean, I think perhaps it might be helpful to start with, you know, why I left you know, the bar, that's what comes to me, first of all. I mean, it was something I'd always wanted to do, uh, you know, since like from the age of 11 or 12. And I didn't have a great start at school. You know, I, I didn't go to great schools. They didn't push me or give me the confidence to do a job like that. In fact, at one point I was told people like me don't do jobs like that. And and so I didn't go into law at 18. I, um, I went and got a job. I met and married my husband. I shared my dream with him and said, oh, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And he was like, well, why don't you do it now? And so I actually went to the bar as a mature student. I went back to university. I studied law um, and, and got pupillage and then tenancy, which was sort of no mean feat back then. I mean, it's still really tough for women, uh, but at that time only about 11% of 
90% of barristers were women and there were only a tiny, tiny amount of permanent positions. So I was really fortunate to be able to be in a position to practice. And then of course, you know, I was then in my early 30s, I wanted children. Um, we went through a, a really difficult phase of infertility. I have a condition called endometriosis and was told that I wouldn't have kids, um, which was devastating. And by chance, I um, went down the route of alternative therapy and just whilst I was on the waiting list for IVF and managed to fall pregnant with my daughter, which was just miraculous. Um, then thought I would, we would never have any more because, well, we obviously had one miracle yeah. and six months later fell pregnant with my son. <laughs> so there was only 15 months. Yeah. And, and had exactly the same mindset with my daughter. We just thought, well, you know, it, this is unbelievable. It's never going to happen again. And then she came along two years later. So we ended up with three children in three years, which was incredible. And it was amazing, but it was chaotic and, and crazy. And of course, my career was, had been, I'd only been at the bar for maybe two and a half years when I had my, my daughter, maybe a little bit more. And then and then that kind of started to take off. And, and I found it really, really hard to juggle, you know, having three really tiny children and managing a career that was really going really well. And, and I, I loved what I did. I mean, I, it, it was one of those things where I, when I was there, I loved it. But when I was at home, I didn't. Okay. And, you know, I loved being with my kids. I loved my family life. Um, you know, they were my priority. And as it all kind of started to kind of kick in, you know, I was getting really tired, really exhausted. Then, and I find this with a lot of women, those old insecurities start creeping back in. Yeah. So the insecurity that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't good enough, that I had to do more, I had to prove myself. You know, I wasn't a good mom, I wasn't a good enough barrister, I, you know, I, everything I would just beat myself up over. And my confidence was just at an all time low, but I used to do this thing where I'd be really confident on the outside, but yeah. inside I'd just be crippled with fear and worry and stress and you know I'd be worried about the future I'd be worried about you know what was going to happen everything was prepared to like the nth degree just in case it went wrong you know and of course you know none of that is sustainable no but from the outside to most people you know they probably think gosh you know she's uh, she's got it all you know <laughs> children you know um so it's yeah it's, but it, you know it's not that uncommon you know when you know women have seem to have it all and um but inside I guess maybe it's not their you know they're not actually fulfilling their inner purpose really and I guess that's probably what made you jump ship at the end is it from what, what I'm your story initially it was a case of I, I mean I just couldn't sustain this at all yeah. and it was I was in this loop of taking up more to feel confident. So I'd be like, oh, well, if I do that case, it's really complex. It's really big. And then I'll feel better about myself, mm. you know, or if I work in this way. I mean, at one point I went back full time because I thought if I work full time, it'll be easier to manage and I can get more organized and then I'll feel less stressed, you know. So I was constantly looking for my outside to change my inside. 
Yeah. It's like that shiny object syndrome, isn't it? So whether it be a material thing or, you know, a work commitment or a project or, um, you know, contract or anything like that, it's when I do this or when I have this, I will feel this. But um, I think as we get older, we learn that's just not the way it is. <laughs> not the way it works, but I no. like in my late 30s at that point. So, you know, I, I had no clue about this. You know, I, that was yeah. how, you know, the, the messages that were around me. So, yeah. I got to a point where um, physically this all started to take to a toll on me because my mental load was huge and that was unsustainable on my body. And I ended up with um, initially with pneumonia that I really yeah. struggled to recover from fully. And then as I mean, I describe it as my body was just kind of like grinding to a halt. It you know, is actually, isn't it? <laughs> it was just grinding to a halt. And I started getting panic attacks and being dizzy and all of that kind of stuff and I had this overwhelming knowing is the only way that I can describe it that I had to stop it was like this cannot go on you cannot do this anymore you have to stop but I also had a knowing that I would be okay so yeah. my head was going mad you know you can't do this and I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I try and work out how this was going to look and what we were going to do and how it was just totally and un you know unsustainable uh, but I'd always come back to the the point of yeah but you have to give up like you don't have any choice in this, this right I guess they say we will continue until we we don't tolerate it anymore and I've noticed that actually through lockdown when I come back and I'm talking to patients and things and they just said you know, just the reflection that we've had over the last six months, really, you know, I've had a lot of patients just that can't do it anymore. You know, I'm switching careers, I'm doing this, um, I'm going to start this. So it's, it's really been quite interesting right now. I think, um, you know, a lot of people are moving to, you know, to more to be more closer to nature and just really evaluating every aspect of their life. So I think, you know, it, it does it. Um, I think, you know, people will complain about things, but until the point comes where they say, actually, I can't tolerate it anymore it's kind of the the time that people go okay enough enough and I think it is it's that kind of realization you know and yeah. and what I've learned through my journey is that we do have that deeper knowing you know we have an intelligence system mm. within us that is beyond our our crazy kind of intellect mindset that's right. here it's like, it, you know, it's like a directional tool that we have. And, and it's like, no, you cannot keep going down this path. You know, there is, there is more on the table for you. There is a different way of living. There is a way that is healthier and, and, and calmer and will bring you more peace of mind. But you, yeah. you need to go in a different direction. It's not going to happen if you carry on. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was. Um, and, and interestingly, as soon as I made that decision, a opportunity came up at the local university for me to tutor like with it like it was on the same day like I had a conversation yeah. in the morning and I saw the advert in the afternoon it was just really bizarre and that really provided me with a fantastic lifeline of just keeping my hand in with something um, and and also it introduced me to an idea of personal development and I had never, ever come across the idea of personal development at all. I just thought the way you thought was the way you thought. And that was you. And that was, that was it. That was just who you were. Oh, control. Yeah, it was just like, well, that's your personality. You know, if somebody said, you know, 
um, somebody's not very confident or they're stressed, I would just think, well, that's just how they are, you know? And, and then all of a sudden I was exposed to this whole environment of, well, yeah, there are all these books you can read. There's this, there's this. And I was like, oh, okay. You mean I can change some of this? Yeah. You know, now to me that, that I mean, when I look back now, it wasn't the whole answer, but it started me on a really important journey. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's funny because when I first, um, I've been into the personal development, uh, you know, we do a lot of it at, um, through chiropractic too, because we obviously go into, into the mental state as well. Um, because if somebody's getting adjusted and yet they're stressed out, so, you know, understanding how the brain works is actually obviously part of the neurology that we learn as well. Um, but it's really, really interesting how over the last, especially 10 years, it's become very, you know, there's so much more science behind it now with, you know, PET scans and, you know, functional MRI scans and all the work that Joe Dispenza, for example, is doing with meditation. And, you know, we know actually now and we can measure that we can change the wiring of our brain actually by thought. And so it's really becoming quite interesting, actually. So one of the things I want to get across today is just some tools for women so that they can start working on, on it right now. So if there's a woman kind of in um, you know, a situation where they don't like their jobs, which is really not uncommon. I think you and I are quite lucky. I love what I do. You know, I can't imagine never doing it anymore. Um, but you know, for a woman who's ready to jump ship, but obviously scary, because you're walking away often from a, you know, a good career, um, a good salary. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember you did a workshop for us in the practice actually and you kept talking about these little voices um, you know and those the negative self-talk like um, you know why would anyone listen to me why would anyone have any interest in what I have to say how could I build a business in something that I'm not um, you know because obviously a lot of women are just embarking on a new journey it's a new career path for them so they're not an expert yet um, so what are some easy tips? How do we control that negative self-talk? Okay, so one thing I would say is don't control it, okay? I think that was the biggest mistake that I made is that I spent so much energy trying to change my thinking, control my thinking, stop my thinking. And your thinking is like a, like a tide, you know, it, it would just ebb and flow. And, and, you know, it, it's random, it, you know, you'll be feeling great one minute and then an insecure thought will pop in your head and then the whole situation will change. Okay. This is like being a human being. Okay. So, so we all have thinking, we all have a whole range of thinking and, and it's completely random how it kind of pops in our head. So my first thing is like really get to understand the nature of thought, you know, thought is transient. It, has very little information in it, you know, and, and it comes and goes. But what is really kind of rock solid and what is your guide, if you like, is that inner knowing. That knowing that you know that you've got something, right? And it's directing you to take that first step. You might not know what the full journey is, but actually we don't need to know. We never know what the future is hold, holds. And I think the last six months has shown us really clearly how little we know about what the future holds. But we, we control it. So for some of us, like myself, who's a bit of a control freak, you know, it's like, I have to do what? Like we're doing what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's hard to kind of let go and just, you know, because you, you, you just, yeah, like you say, you just don't have control. But I think a lot of people myself included you have a goal and you want it now 
you don't want to wait six months. It's really, really hard sometimes to work on a project if you think, you know, I always think it's quite fascinating when people have a project where the end product is actually not going to materialize for the next five, 10, 15 years. Um, you know, and they continue to slog it, like Elon Musk getting to Mars. Like, how do you, he <laughs> doesn't even know if he's going to make it, you know, it's, um, it's, it's fascinating, actually. So how do you, yeah, I guess when you rewind, how do you kind of keep that momentum and keep that confidence that actually there might be something actually out there without constantly having your eye on that kind of the prize at the very end? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we all have a direction of travel, you know, mm -hmm. so the, I suppose what we fall into a trap of thinking that that is the only outcome that yeah. might happen, you know, so we fall into an illusion created by our thought that this is what the future is going to hold. This is what it's going to look like. And if I do this, this is what I'm going to get. And of course, then what happens is when we get there and it's different, we then create a whole load more thinking about how disappointed we are and how frustrating it is and how stressful it is because the, the illusion we've created hasn't actually materialized. Right. And we have this wonderful future, but we're not looking at it. You know, we're not looking at it in real time because we're too busy comparing it to something that we've created in our mind. Frozen. Oh, that's okay. I said, yeah. so, so we're not enjoying the, the, the actual future that we're in, you know, yeah. our reality, because we're too busy comparing it to the illusion that we had created in our mind. So when we start to, to notice and to kind of understand, oh, okay, my head creates all these illusions. And they're really fun and I can enjoy them. <laughs> I don't have to change them, but they're illusions. It's not reality. Reality is now and reality would just unfold for me by the next step. Oh, do this, do this, do this. Uh, we suffer when we, when we jump into the future, we're like, oh, but that's not gonna happen. But what if this happens? What if that happens? And that's when we suffer. And that's anxiety, don't they? They say anxiety is the future, depression is the past. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're, we're constantly like, you know, futurizing and, and in our little time traveling capsule, which is in our head, it's like, yeah, but what if this happens? What if I get no clients? What if I get no money? What if I can't pay my mortgage? What? <laughs> You make your mortgage right now. Yeah. Okay. What's your next step? Yeah. It's interesting actually, because you have kids. Your ours are um my older two are a little bit older, but my five-year-old, it's so interesting when you watch them grow, especially when you get to third child and you actually it's just, I just found it a bit different with the third. Um and you just the present time consciousness of children is incredible. They do not think of what's happening tomorrow. They have it's all about right now. And almost what can I laugh at? <laughs> you know, how can I actually have fun right now? That's, it's really, really interesting to watch children. I always think you can learn so much from them. They're never talking about what if this happens next week? Never, you know, it's, um, it's always how they really, really live for today. And I think adults can learn a lot from that actually. Well, yeah, because, you know, we, that's who we are. So when we look at our children, you know, our children are like uh, our, our pure kind of humans, if you like, the pure yeah. essence of humans. They're before the thought, you know, before we start really um, getting sucked into the illusions that our minds create, you know, because they, they don't have any. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they, they, they just don't have any, you know. So, or if they do, if they're in a bad mood, they come out of it and it's gone. It's forgotten. 
But as soon as we start getting older, we attach meaning to it. So it's like, well, I was stressed last Tuesday. I need to sort that out. (laughs) No, it's gone. It's past. It's done, you know. But then we create even more thinking about it. And that's what increases our mental load. You know, it creates less space in our head. Now, the more space that we can create up here, the more we can listen to where we're being directed to next. Now, a child is, they, they just follow. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want to do this now. Now I'm going to play Lego. Now I'm going to do this. Now I want to watch TV. Now I want to have a tantrum on the floor. Right, I've done that now. Now I want to garden and laugh, you know? The following, that inner intelligence, that deeper intelligence that's constantly directing them. But yeah. as, we, as we grow up, we suppress that, right? You know, I have so many clients, they come with me with a big decision to make, right? And they're like, oh, I've done my fours and against, and I've done my this, and I've, done, I've gone through this strategy, but I still don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And quite often I'll flip a coin. They know what to do. Yeah. They, do it. they have the answer. They have those, that next step. And so the more we listen to this, which is why I call my program Courageous, because it's yeah. the word core, which means heart. Yeah. So it's really taking that, that action from that deeper knowing. And the more we do that, the easier life becomes. It becomes more straightforward. Yeah, they talk a lot about now about kind of a minimalist, more of a minimalist life. And I think, you know, when on day three of the lockdown, I thought, how on earth did we do our life before, you know, and it's almost like you just don't have time to think like it's, um, it's, it's just a cogwheel constantly going around. So, you know, I think for some people, just the reflection the last six months has been quite incredible. And now that our children are back at school, (laughs) actually start to apply some of this stuff. what are some tips maybe for women like on a daily basis is this a, would you say it's a daily practice to kind of work on i guess confidence and courage and just that self-development and just um you know if we want to become a better version of ourselves i think a lot of women would probably agree that you you do when you're raising children um you do sometimes i guess because you're so tired in the beginning too you lose a little piece of yourself you gain a lot because you learn so much about yourself but on the flip side, you, um, you lose a little bit of that, you lose a lot of that freedom that you had before. So it's, um, how do you make sure that we don't completely lose ourselves as we go along? And is there, are there kind of daily tips that you would, um, I guess one of the things I found is I've always run. I ran before I had kids, I continued running, I had running buggies. So I think that was my like attachment to my old self. Um, and I guess that's something I continue to do because it's something for me. And I think it's good for my kids to see that I do something for myself as well. Yeah. Uh, so what are like some of the tips just in terms of if women are kind of taking steps to, um, you know, maybe to make a shift? Um, are there certain planning tips or coaching tips that you could, you could give women to help them along? Yeah. My main tip isn't an, an outside-in tip. It's an inside-out tip. And it's to listen and really listen, not listen to the crazy stuff in your head that's going, I should be doing this. I need to do that. So-and-so is doing this. If I don't do this, then this will happen. But what if I do this and what will that happen? And So that's what I'm talking about, right? Not the stuff that's up here. But when you're settled, you know, when you're in a quiet moment, even if you're just sat on the loo, 
you know, and you know, you've just got that quiet moment to let all of that settle. Listen to what's here, the deeper, the deeper voice that we all have. And we know it, yeah, we, we know it. When we, when we hear it, we know it. Because this, this helps you throughout your day. It will help you get back to that more grounded state. You know, we know what we need, whether it's like we need to nap, whether it's like we need five minutes on our own, whether it's we need to drink more water, whether it is to go for a run, whether it's to have a shower, whatever it is, this kind of deeper intelligence that we have is in the moment, it's now, it's relevant, and it's for you. So what might help one person might not help somebody else. And it's about reconnecting with that. It's that same voice that as a mother wakes you up at two o'clock in the morning because at five past two, your baby is going to have a poo. You know, yeah. is that knowing, all right? Yeah. So if you are a mum, you already have this and you probably, you, you're really connected with it. And it's, for me, it was about looking in that direction when it came to me. And that wasn't something I was used to doing. Mm. You know? and I would say think to myself I really need to drink more water but I'll have a cup of tea yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. a lot of it is habit isn't it so it's yeah I know what to do but I'm not doing it well this is where our free will comes in right we have a gorgeous gift called free will right we just or discipline kind of to me makes it sound like you can either have that or not do you know what I mean I was like everyone has free will we all have free will you know and it's not a tool it's something inbuilt in us and it's having the courage to step away from that oh well I'll just have a cup of tea and having the courage to listen to that deeper thought because that's your fresh thought that will help you move in a different direction yeah and it's having the courage to make that make that difference and, and go in that different direction to make that change, to make that decision to follow it. Now, something really beautiful happens because when you start to follow it, you'll then, you'll then feel a difference. Mm. It's often you kind of feel like, like it's a relief. Like, oh, that was easy. Oh, I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> You start with the little things, like you say, like drinking a little bit more water and even like switching our phone off at a certain time. So there's no distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just even regular exercise. I think your, your confidence grows because you can give yourself little pats on the back when you go, okay, I had the glass of water instead of the coffee, or I really wanted to watch something on Netflix, but I went for a run anyway. So it's these little, little things. And then you kind of start to believe actually I can, I can do, I can do the hard stuff. <laughs> when we when we follow that knowing so we we follow what occurs to us that is fresh and it feels fresh it's like oh okay i can do this and it and it occurs to us to do it you know our deeper intelligence will give us the easy stuff first yeah. you know it knows us best it knows us really well so it will help us in the way that we need to be helped and the more we follow it the easier it is to follow because then we see that the thinking that we had clearly didn't have any information in it because I can do that, you know? So we can make these little choices really easily. And my second tip is if you get sucked up, right, into a worry fest or into a stress fest, or if you just have like a meltdown and like you just want to, you know, sort of put your 
put everyone in your household and on some kind of training course because they're clearly not helping you at all or whatever your meltdown is about, right? When it's done, it's done. Yeah, notice that even if you get a thought that says you shouldn't have done that, know that you can just kind of pat that away and take no notice of it. Pay less attention to it because it can't tell you anything. Can't tell you anything about you. Can't tell you anything about your behavior. You just had a moment. That's all. And that moment's gone. Don't bring it back into your present. Leave it where it needs to be. And yeah. enjoy the moment that you're in right now. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting when you talk about to your kids about, why did you have that tantrum? And they're like, what tantrum? <laughs> they don't care. It's like, you know. But we put so much meaning on different thoughts that we have, you know, and it's like, okay, so I was doing, I'm frustrated and I hate everyone I live with thinking. Okay, but it's fine now. It's fine. Yeah. And like you said earlier, you said it kind of comes in like tides, like our emotions change. One day we'll feel like I can do everything and I'm on it. I'm energetic. Everything's going well. And, you know, even a few hours later, you might have a dip and think, gosh, what am I doing? Why isn't, you know, why am I spending time on this project? Why is, you know, is it going to work? Um, and then the next day you kind of feel like you've, you know, you're on it again. And it's, I guess it's just, is it just recognizing that thought and then just letting it go and just not. We're not meant to be constant, right? Yeah. Like, that would be like having a TV with one channel. <laughs> Life would be dull if we just yeah. had one channel, right? So we have loads of different channels, right? Some we might enjoy more than others, but at the end of the day, they're not who we are. And when they're done, they're done. We can switch the channel and get on with life and enjoy that. <laughs> Some of my channels, my family probably wouldn't want to be on uh, repeat. You? you know, that isn't who you are. You, you know, you just having that experience in that moment and you're doing the best you can with the thoughts that you have in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get a fresh thought about something, you know, when, when you're in that experience, you will have a fresh thought that might say, go for a run, go for a nap, go have something to eat or just completely distract you, which will enable you to switch that channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't like a I'm a list task master so you know my diary is crammed full and sometimes you actually you, you, sometimes less is better isn't it you, you know you, you can't you, I guess one of the my tips you know just people some of the women listening you know who are younger than I am and um, you know it's not I think we sometimes go through the list and we can tick it off and go yeah today was a good day but actually you just met a friend for a coffee and went for a run that should be enough some days hey because we yeah. are so yeah, and what, what I often talk to clients about is going with the flow of life rather mm. than the flow of your thinking. So yeah. our thinking will have a completely different speed to actually what life has. And yeah. the more we can fall into the flow of life. So, oh yeah, I, my thinking was telling me I had to do 100 jobs today, but I, <laughs> I bumped into so-and-so and I had a great day. That was good. I'm in the flow of life. That, that was a good day. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And the more that we the more we can recognize when we're in the flow of life rather than the flow of our thinking, it, the better, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just a, it's just lovely to notice that. But then equally yeah. when we get sucked up into the flow of our thinking, that's okay. We'll fall out of it. Yeah. I have a question for you. So you obviously worked really, really hard to get, uh, you know, to become a barrister. Um, I went to school for six and a half, seven years to become a chiropractor. Um, 
And, you know, I guess I love my job. You left yours. I think I just fluked. I didn't even know what a chiropractor was when I applied. Um, but I think I just got lucky. But what would your experience change your, I guess, advice to your children in terms of when they're choosing universities, not to go to university, what direction to go to? And um, my dad always said, go, it's in, I'm one of three, and we all did something that we were passionate about, although I didn't know I was passionate about it yet. <laughs> and it was just fluke for me. But um, it wasn't, um, yeah, it was really just go. I remember looking at it and going to chiropractic school is incredibly expensive in the States. And he wasn't going to pay for it because he had three girls at university at the time. And, um, you know, he said, if that's really what you're going to do and that, you know, if that's really what you want to do, then do it and don't think about the money. Um, but I guess, you know, for my children, you know, I've got a 15 and 12 year old and then a five year old. It's uh, you really want to try to find this avenue of where they're actually not going to nothing wrong with you know, changing careers. I see most, most adults will have a 12 different jobs in their, in their career now. So I don't think it's that you don't get a job for life, but I guess I'm just interested based on your experience, what sort of advice you would give your children when they come to that point. Do what you love. So I have my addresses at college at the moment. Okay. I have one finishing school and, and one hot on the heels. Yeah. And, and we're just like, do what you love. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what to do, then you'll figure it out when you get there. Yeah. You know, it's, I, we get so hooked up with trying to plan our future and try to second guess and prevent certain things from happening. And, and you can't, you can't. I mean, my main motivation for going to the bar, whilst I really wanted to be a barrister, my kind yeah. of, my, my motivation after that was that I wanted to prove to any kids that I had that you could, they could all go completely wrong and you could do the career of your dreams. You know, that yeah. it was like, I just wanted to book the system mm. and say, right, do you know what? That is not a rule. Right? It's not, yeah. you're told it's a rule, but it is not a rule at all. And so what we're saying to them is, you know, if you have a passion now, then go for it. You know, yeah. follow that, follow what is, what feels right for you now to take that next step. You know, so whatever you, you think your next step is, take that next step yeah. and let go of what the outcome of that looks like. Because I think we have anxiety now about, you know, um, house prices and um, just, you know, getting into the right university, getting the right grades, um, and they're studying all hours of the day and they don't, you know, it, it's almost like they're grabbing these careers for either the prestige or for the money and yet not for the passion. I guess, I guess at the end of the day, we need to make some, some bucks, don't we? <laughs> but um, you know, it's, there's so much pressure. I don't remember having that much pressure when I was in secondary school by any means. Um, and we figured it out. My job wasn't even in existence when I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what their world is going to look like. So very different after this, I think, I think a lot of them were running business traveling the world if we're ever allowed to travel again you know? um, it's very very different and so all I'm doing when I'm advising if I was advising them and saying you know you've got to make sure you've got money for a house you've got to do this what I'm doing is my, I'm using my past experience to try to yeah. predict the future and that's a really bad tool you know it's just not fit for the job so mm -hmm. Whilst, yeah, you know, we have to have uh, an eye 
on the fact that they have to eat, they have to have some. Yeah. To me, human beings are fantastic for figuring stuff out because we're made for the unknown. Mm. We're literally built for the unknown. You know, because we scary though, isn't it? <laughs> it's only scary here. But when yeah. we when we start to see, oh, okay, actually, yeah, I do have this deeper intelligence, and, yeah. and I need to use that more. You know, rather than getting scared in the privacy of my own mind, why don't I use that time to actually listen more deeply as to what makes sense to me right now? Well, it makes sense for me to do that. So it makes sense for me to go in this direction. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if my kids did what me and my husband did, which was, you know, not do very well at college and, and not go to university, we figured it out. We got a job. We, we yeah. then had some time to figure out what it was that we wanted to do. And, and then that was then our next step. And when that chapter came to an end, we figured it out, yeah. you know, and it's, it's knowing that actually we figure things out, you know, that's, that's kind of what we do. Yeah. I think some of us are a bit perfectionists. So we like to know exactly what and when and where. And <laughs> yeah, it, like that consent, because obviously, as you know, where we're aware, you know, anxiety issues are huge right now, especially because of the uncertainty of the world right now. Um, I mean, I can't even travel and see my mom right now, you know, on the other side, you know, because it's 14 day quarantine and it's, you just that, um, I guess there is a little bit of anxiety there, but I guess, like you say, you know, if you live in the moment and you just worry about today for now and you just enjoy make some things that are enjoyable during the day. Life's actually quite good. You know, it's, um... and, and listen, listen, because we say, oh, you, you know, it sounds, when I say, oh, you know, live in the moment, it sounds like you never think about the future. We have an inner knowing about what we need to do in the future. You know, it might occur to you to do something or to look on a particular website, or it might occur to you to make a plan about something. Listen to that rather than trying to figure it out up here you know is it has a different feel to it it feels less anxious it feels less dramatic it has less emotion attached to it you know and the more we listen to that then the future just feels less scary because we're using the right tool for the job oh well thank you so much andrea um thank you for inviting me i hope no Amazing. I think, you know, for, you know, for a lot of women, it's, uh, you know, we want, we do want it all, don't we? Like the career, the kids, the, <laughs> everything that goes with it, you know? So, um, and it's, you know, I think I read in your blog too, you know, trying to find balance. And I think as I've experienced through life, there's very little balance, if any, um, middle of beginning of lockdown, it was firefighting and trying to make sure the business was kind of, um, well, we were kind of doing things to make sure, we, you know, we were ready for when we got to open again. And then towards the end, the balance was just all about, you know, quality time with family. So, you know, the, the balance really did sway from one direction to the other. Um, and I think that's life too. I think when we try to find balance day to day, I, I think it's a myth personally. <laughs> I don't really know anyone that has actually found that magic bullet, really. It's because um, sometimes oh. you have to hang yeah. around me for a little bit longer Aline and I'll show you <laughs> I can teach more <laughs> absolutely. absolutely it all comes into listening it's about the flow of life rather than the flow yeah. of thinking you know it's yeah. about knowing that often we get hoodwinked by our mind telling us that stuff's important when it's not really you know yeah. it's, it's kind of just allowing that to fall away a little bit more and then we can regain our balance so but it's cool. been 
so lovely talking to you today. It really has. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have you come back and talk about balance next time. <laughs> yeah, we love you. I love talking about it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Andrea. Thank you.